Welcome back to a, another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Now, I decided this year that I'm going to come up with a little new introduction for my podcast because, and, and kind of a slight name change, you're going to notice a little a different logo coming out here soon. I'm going to be working on that, but we're going to, we're going to have NFL, NFL Sundays with Jeff Miller. And, and there's a couple of things I want to emphasize there. The NFL does not not stand for the National Football League. It's going to stand for not for losers. So if you want to be a winner in your fantasy football league, you're going to want to listen to Sundays with Jeff Miller. And that Sundays is S-O-N-D-A-Z-E, not the weekday Sundays. I want to make sure that you understand that. So a couple changes coming up as we prepare for our fantasy football season. And we're going to start today's episode out. Of course, we're going to talk about some things you need to know going on in the NFL, or you might just want to know. I find these things interesting, so I throw them in here on my uh, podcast. And then last time I talked to you, we talked about three different running backs, and that was Delvin Cook of Minnesota, Aaron Jones of Green Bay, and Ezekiel Elliott of Dallas. And I promised you that we would come back and then talk about their backups. Alexander Madison from Minnesota, A.J. Dillon, the uh, backup for Green Bay. And then we're also going to talk about Tony Pollard, uh, the backup in Dallas, because I think these are three pretty significant players. Um, Handcuffs, if you will. People talk about them often as Handcuffs. So we're going to get to that in a few minutes. But first, I want to start out by talking about playoff wins um, in the National Football League. I found this to be very interesting. Uh, I kind of saw a chart that came out on NFL.com. And just out of curiosity, I'm going to throw this out there. I, I found the top four teams to be pretty interesting and the bottom four teams to be Interesting also, let's just say that. And I'm going to start out by sharing the top five or top four with you because they've all had 30-plus playoff wins. Um, Ranking number one, and it's a tie, is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots with 36 each, followed by the Dallas Cowboys with 35, and then the San Francisco 49ers 34. Is there a surprise in that group for you, or is there somebody missing that you think should be on the list? I'm curious what you might think about that. You can you can contact me. You can send me an email at sundayswithjeffmiller at gmail.com, but interested in your comments about that. I thought it was a little surprising. I was surprised it was Pittsburgh, New England, not so much. Dallas hasn't seemed to have a lot of um, playoff atmosphere lately right um but the but but the guys i want to talk about at the bottom there's there's a few teams and first of all the worst team the worst team can you guess i bet you can it's the detroit lions with one playoff win in the super bowl era the next worst team Houston Texans with four. Next, Arizona with six. And then Cleveland and Jacksonville both tied with seven. The team in that group that surprises me the most 
is Arizona with only six. I don't know. I just always felt like Arizona was a little better team than that, would be more in the middle of the pack, but they're not. They're not. Now, a few teams that I know fans of mine would be interested in, Carolina Panthers, yes. Jason, they have nine playoff wins, and it's going to be a long time before the Detroit Lions catch them with that number one. I mean, they would need eight why Carolina gets none. It's going to be a long. I don't know that that can happen in my lifetime. That's sad to say, but I just don't believe it will. And then the other team, uh, Alex in Kansas City, 16. And that number is going to shoot up. Now, I don't know how close to that number 35 or 36 they're going to get in the next few years. Because um, to be honest with you, it's hard to win three or four games in the playoffs, right? I mean, if you win one or two, you've done pretty good in most cases. Um, although them expanding the playoffs helped a little bit. Uh, but I'm curious, again, who who's missing in this picture for you? Um, and what number would you be looking at, you know, in that list that you think um, we should be paying attention to. That That would be uh, interesting to me. Now, my next question for you, my next question, things that you need to know. I found this to be interesting. Looking for the top five players in the wide receiver position over the last five years in touchdowns. In touchdowns. And then of those players... Who would be first-team All-Pros the most? And I'm going to throw these names out here, and I think you're going to be a little shocked, but Devontae Adams, right? Antonio Brown, pretty good. Tyreek Hill, see you in Miami. DeAndre Hopkins, not going to be playing for six games this year. Just got to throw those things out there because I think they are things you need to know. And then last is Mike Evans. If you're going to rank those five players, who would you think would be at the bottom? Who do you think would be at the bottom of that list? I'm going to tell you, it's DeAndre Hopkins with 66 touchdowns and three first-team All-Pro appearances. And then next is Tyreek Hill with 67. Three first-team All-Pro appearances also. And then next, Antonio Brown, not real surprising, right there in the middle, 70. But he has four first-team All-Pro appearances. And then second, so now we're down to Devontae Adams and Mike Evans, and this is where I got really surprised. Devontae Adams next at 73 with two All-Pro appearances, and then Mike Evans, who leads all of those players, all wide receivers with the most TDs since 2014, 76, Mike Evans, and he has zero All-Pro appearances. Does that not surprise you? That surprised me. And I I am just really curious, you know, how you what do you think about that? I mean, Mike Evans, are you going to pick him this year? Are you looking to pick him um in your fantasy drafts? Are you looking for him as a top 3 or 4 round player, top 3 wide receiver, number 1? Would you put him in the number 1? Criteria? Would you be thinking of him that way? I'm not sure we would be. I'm not sure we would be. Here's a position I think you need to start thinking a little bit about, a little more about when you're picking your fantasy teams because the defense and special teams, at least in my league, in the last few years have actually become 
um, an anomaly. I mean, they are interesting because they do put up enough fantasy points to, to make us take a look and consider them as part of our draft strategy, right? And I'm just curious. So I wanted to give you some numbers on defense special teams. And I'm going to start with these teams. I'm going to tell you these teams, um, they have the best week one matchup starting the season. So if you want to get your fantasy team off to a good start when you're getting ready for your draft, if you're not going to draft early, then I think you should consider the teams that these teams are going to be playing. So by rank, I'm going to go in order from top to bottom of these teams, and I'm going to tell you who they're playing and give you an idea of whether or not you know you might consider them as, as one of your top teams. So number three, the number three ranked defense, San Francisco 49ers will be playing at the Chicago Bears. At the Chicago Bears. Okay? Their best ranked defensively in mock drafts is to be the number two defense off the board. And we all know, I think you probably know, Buffalo is considered number one. But they didn't make my list because they have a tougher matchup, right? These other teams have some pretty bottom-level matchups. How about the number four ranked Indianapolis Colts with a best ranking of three for themselves? They're going to be playing at Houston. At Houston. I find that interesting. Two of them are away right off the bat, right? And then at number five, Denver Broncos, uh, who I think is going to have a really good defense this year. I would not be happy to sit down and wait and pick them up a little later in the draft. I think they're going to have a good defense this year. They're opening up at Seattle week one at Seattle. And then next is the New Orleans Saints. They will be playing at Atlanta, at Atlanta. Now, currently, our next three teams are lower ranked defensively and special teams-wise as far as fantasy scoring goes for next year. The Cleveland Browns would be next at 14, and they will be at Carolina. And then number 16 is the Baltimore Ravens, and they're going to be at the New York Jets. And then last, this team just squeaked onto the list, the Tennessee Titans, because believe it or not, fantasy-wise, they put up some pretty good points last year. I, I know I rostered them on one of my leagues, and they did a pretty good job for me. They get a lot of sacks, a lot of pressure. They were, they're ranked 19th, and they're going to be opening up. They're the only ones with a home game in this list against the New York Giants. The New York Giants. So what what do you think of that for a strategy? Hmm? How about offensive lines? Are you interested in those positions when you're evaluating your running backs for your fantasy football team? Top five offensive lines by rank this year. And I'm not sure. Uh because these five teams, in my opinion, are not really, well, there's a couple in there that are known for their running backs. But look, all right, number five, the fifth team in this ranking is the Green Bay Packers. Top five offensive line, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. We're going to be talking about them here in a little bit. Um, but their offensive line is ranked number five. Aaron Rodgers loses Devontae Adams. Are we going to see them run the ball more? Could we possibly see both these guys in the backfield at the same time? That's what I would do. If I'm Green Bay or if I'm a team that's got two running, I don't know why we don't see more of these quality running backs on the field at the same time and make teams take account for them. I just don't understand that. 
from a fantasy perspective. Probably from a coaching perspective, it makes way more sense, and somebody will share that information with me. Number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette had a really good year last year, but in the past or previous couple years, they haven't been that good. I'm a little surprised at this ranking because I know during the offseason they've had you know one of their stars, uh, offensive linemen, retired. I think another one signed somewhere else. Do you think they're still going to be number four? And are you interested in Leonard Fournette behind that line? That's 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 what we need to know. And then this team, which we just talked about being one of the worst teams in the NFL, Detroit Lions, believe it or not, their offensive line this year is ranked number three. Ranked number three. And does that move DeAndre Swift up your board? Because we're going to talk more about that as we progress. I think the Lions do have a really good offensive line. I will give them some credit for that. And I am interested to see if they can run the ball and if by running the ball they're able to throw it more. They went out and added some receivers this year. They've got an opportunity to show this offense. And how well will Jared Goff do behind this offensive line? Number two, Cleveland Browns. We know that they love to run the football, but we don't know who the quarterback's going to be there, do we? No, I don't think we do. And, I mean, there's rumors out there right now that the Carolina Panthers are going hot and heavy after uh, Baker Mayfield. Are they going to give him up? I mean, do they know if Watson's going to be able to play this year? I don't know that they do. But their offensive line is good, really good, and they run the ball well, very well. So, Rank number two. And this one's a surprise for me because I didn't think they were that good. But they actually did end up going from a throwing team last year to a running team. They started the year out trying to throw the ball a lot. They ended up running the ball a lot. Nobody was a superstar, but they had a lot of guys that did really well. Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles come in ranked number one. How does that make you feel about, you know, your your team's possibilities there, um, your fantasy team's possibilities there, I should say. Now we're going to move on to the next thing on my list. And the next thing on my list is the NFL strength of schedule for this year. Who do you think has the worst schedule in the NFL? And I find this interesting because when you're looking at quarterbacks, so let's look at quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes' strength of schedule is tied for fifth. They play teams with an average of uh, 5.33 winning percentage. That means they're going to. That's a. That's pretty good in the NFL. The top team is the LA Rams at 5.67. Can they repeat as the Super Bowl champion? How does that affect your thought process where Matt Stafford is considered? Right. The next team, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals at 5.43. Where are you drafting Kyler Murray right now? I can tell you in a lot of the mocks that I'm seeing, a lot of the, a lot of the prospects that are being put out there is it's he's going off the board as like the sixth or seventh quarterback. I'm sure there's many of you that would be happy with that. I was happy with that last year for about the first four weeks. <laughs> in the last four weeks, I was not happy about that. How about Joe Burrow? They have the third third toughest schedule at 5:36. So there's some quality quarterbacks right there being eaten up uh, by strength of schedule. Herbert, Justin Herbert, the Los Angeles Chargers, 519 winning percentage. That's who they're playing against. Buffalo only going against a 512. So really, Josh Allen probably has the easiest schedule of the top three, four, five ranked quarterbacks, right? Another one that's getting a lot of talk, a lot of talk, and this is where we're going to look at the other end of the spectrum. How about Jalen Hurts at quarterback? 
Philadelphia Eagles, they're playing a 464 strength of schedule. That's one of the worst. There's only two teams worse, and that happens to be the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys, both at 462. And then those Detroit Lions we talked about, 467. And because I know some of you are interested, Carolina Panthers, their strength of schedule is at a 512. And like I said earlier, Kansas City at 533. So that's what I have for you um, on things that you need to know, right? And we're going to go back and we're going to talk a little bit more about those other three players that we were talking about earlier. I really wanted to get in there and, and, and talk about that with you. And we're going to start things out today. And we're going to talk a little bit about Alexander Madison and draft base value. So draft base value, in my opinion, is changing in the NFL. And I know that we rank players based on performance and fantasy points and all the things that we do. And they all have to be attributed. But you can win a fantasy football league and not have the number one pick in the draft. And, 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 not, and keepers, wow, do keepers play in effect? The league I play, I play in one of the leagues that I play in, the keepers um, really do play in, effect, pay, play in effect as to how the draft changes. We have a lot of guys this year who are being kept in the second round that are you know, first-round picks and should be first-round picks. Um, but how do you change your team to compete if you're on the back end of that situation? And some of the thought process is, you know, how you draft and how you set your draft up. And I'm here to tell you, had a nice conversation over the weekend with my son. We talked a little bit about this because he's, he's picking number one. He, he won the Super Bowl and he actually chose to pick number one again. And he's been really huge on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey uh, pairing those guys up and then drafting from there. Not going to be as easy for him to do that this year. No, because he he has Cooper Cup that he kept in, I think, the fourth round. Maybe the fifth. But anyway, um, so that's a good start to your fantasy team. But what do you do with that number one pick? What do you do with that number one pick? It's, it's, a, it's a huge decision. And then if you're picking in that 8, 9, 10 position, which I happen to be picking at 8, how do you compete with those players that, are, that they're pairing up at the beginning of that draft? How do you change your philosophy? How do you adapt to what they're doing? And it makes it very fun. But today we're going to talk a little bit about some of those guys. So Alexander Madison's first on my list, and I'm going to talk a little bit about his 2021 stats. Currently, he is ranked um, 41 at his position of running back with his best ranking being or draft 35th and his worst is at 52. Now we're talking positionally there. Overall, they look at him as a current 109 value. That's where the experts are ranking him, 109. His best ranking is 90. His worst is 147. There's a big difference there. That's, I mean, you're talking round 9, 8 at the earliest, all the way to round 14 and 15, right? And that's the back end of your draft. Um, personally, myself, there's some quality things you have to look at. Alexander Madison backs up Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, we have ranked in the fifth position. So if Dalvin Cook goes down, obviously Alexander Madison becomes one of those players that you may or may not want to have as a, as a uh, handcuff. 
there's, a, there's also a really good possibility that Dalvin Cook be, could start this season out um, on the suspension list. We know that, right? Him and Alvin Kamara both are facing that. So Alexander Madison becomes a, a pretty good player in that instance. Otherwise, do you just let him sit and bid on him in free agency? That's what a lot of people will probably do. 16 games last year, he put up 127 fantasy points. His PPR rank at the end of the year by position was 39th. He played 33% of the snaps last year for Minnesota, and he had a total of 168 touches. So that's not really very many touches, right? Um, He would definitely have to increase significantly to move up the board. My draft base value for him, I would start him out positionally at 40, only as a handcuff player. And overall, I'm not looking to get him anywhere but before round 12. And that's going to put him right around 125. That's where I would be looking to pick up a guy like Alexander Madison. And I wanted to bring this to you because there are quite a few people in conversations I've had already about fantasy football. And one of the conversations we have all the time is, do you handcuff or not to handcuff? And that's why I wanted to give you an idea where these players fall in relation to some of the players that are starting in front of them that you may pick earlier. Alexander Madison, really not in my conversation until at least the 13th round. And then I'm not probably looking, I'm going to be looking more at defenses and possibly even a kicker, you know, who knows. Um, Next up, A.J. Dillon backs up Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones, we had his draft base value come in at, what do we have him, 12 15 positionally, 31 overall. A.J. Dillon, he has been ranked currently 25 in his position. 18th is his best ranking. 32 is his worst. Overall, they have him ranked at 59th with his best being 35 and his worst 85. Now, here is a guy that I may scare you a little bit with, but um, A.J. Dillon had a pretty good season last year and had 476 snaps, which equated to 42% of the snaps. And if if they can figure out a way to have him and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time, that will go up. Um, in 21 games, in 17 games last year, in, in, in the season of 21, 187 fantasy points, he was ranked number 23 in PPR at his position. I mentioned earlier, 476 snaps. That's starter-type touches in the NFL, people. If you go out and check those numbers out, 476 touches is pretty, uh, snaps is pretty good for any running back in the NFL. He had a 90.7 PFF grade over his last two seasons. He ranks fourth among running backs at plus 200 carries. Fourth in that PFF grade. Last year, 187 rushing attempts for 803 yards. He caught 34 passes with 37 targets, so very efficient there, 313 yards. He had 1,116 total yards, 4.29 yards per carry. He had five TDs rushing, and he had two TDs in the air for seven touchdowns. My draft base value for Aaron uh, A.J. Dillon, and with the schedule with the, that they're facing and with the um, offensive line they have in position, I moved him up the board a little bit. I think I rank him as a top 20 
running back in the NFL this year. And overall, I'm going to look at him around that fourth round area, um, 42 to 45, if I was interested in picking him up. I think he's one of those players because that's what you're doing. When you're starting to hit that fourth, fifth, sixth round, they call it the dead zone for running backs. If you're going to pick a player in there, you want to get one that's got opportunity. And, and I really think you could play him. And if you if you already got Aaron Jones and say the second round, you know, you could possibly play both those guys on a week-to-week basis if you really wanted to. I mean, you, you, you really could. Um, that's what I think about A.J. Dillon. I think he has good opportunity. When he played last year, he was really good at running the ball. Um, very physical back, and he seemed to stay pretty healthy last year. Next up, Tony Pollard, running back for Dallas Cowboys in 21. He played 15 games. He had 163 fantasy points. His PPR total ranking was 28 to his position. And then the year before, he played in 16 games. So what I'm telling you is he's, he's on the field, uh, 121 fantasy points. His snap percentage Last year was 35%. He had 719 rushing yards, 337 scrimmage yards for a total of 1,056. Now, where he was weak was he only had two touchdowns. So his current position rank is 31. His best was 24. His worst was 40. Overall, I'm going to tell you that it is uh, 78 which is going to put him in the seventh round. And his best was 54. His worst was 108. Um, A very good handcuff to Ezekiel Elliott. And I did do a little bit of a comparison. I wanted to throw a few numbers at you. But Elliott averaged 13.9 carries per game. Uh, That was was his total. That was his least in, in quite a few years. And he picked up a first down or a touchdown on 30% of his runs through the first four weeks last year. And after that, he was not very good. Um, So, Tony Pollard gives you an opportunity, a very good handcuff in that situation. He had 8.6 carries per game. Elliott had 4.4 yards per target. Pollard, 7.3s, a better receiving back. But again, the big difference is Elliott had 12 total touchdowns. Pollard, 2 total touchdowns touchdowns. My draft base value for Tony Pollard at his position is 25. I think he's going to finish higher than he did last year, which was 28. And overall, I'm, I'm thinking in, in the round of 60 area. So, you know, that fifth or sixth round is where I would be looking to pick him up for my fantasy football team. So we'll have more draft, draft base value players. We'll be getting those out to you sooner. <clears throat> and hopefully trying to help you build your fantasy roster for the year and and start looking at the draft. It's coming quicker than we'll ever think, right? And starting to put some kind of a strategy together. You might be out there looking to make trades. Send me some of those questions, right, at Sundays, S-O-N-D-A-Z-E, not Sunday, but Sundays with Jeff Miller at gmail.com. I'll be glad to help you out and uh, have some of those conversations with you. Well, that's a wrap for today. And I just want to tell you to really enjoy this. Uh, I have a lot of fun with it. I know it's not been as consistent as you would like, but it's it's that time of year, people. Things are starting to heat up. I mean, I think it's 100 degrees outside my house right now. I don't know about yours, but stay cool, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.